Good morning again. <laughs> and Merry Christmas to you. Uh, if you'll turn with your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 76. We're going to read Luke 1, 76 to 220. And listen in to this well-known account of Jesus' birth. Starting in Zechariah's prophecy, he's talking about John the Baptist. Uh, This is God's word. It says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his, his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for him, for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of our God. He has spoken to us today in love. Let's let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good news of Christmas that we that you that our God became human, uh, stepped down into our darkness in order to shine the light of your grace, the light of your presence on us. And so uh, as as we look at this familiar story, Lord, I pray you would increase our faith 
increase our wonder at the, the facts of Christmas, uh, of your coming, and equip us, as we, as we prayed already, to cast away the works of darkness and put on your marvelous light. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is probably one of the, the, the most well-known uh, Christmas passage. Um, I'm sure helped by, uh, by Charlie Schultz and the Charlie Brown's Christmas and Linus saying it every year. I don't know if that's part of your Christmas tradition. Uh, for me growing up, this was, this was the obstacle to get to our presence. Right? We would sit down and, and read this text before we would open our gifts as a family. But if, you were to, if someone were to ask you, what is Christmas about? What is this day about? What would you say? Right? Luke's answer all the way through his gospel is that, that the coming of Jesus is about peace. Uh, peace for those who dwell in darkness. Peace for those who live in the shadow of death. Right? Peace for those whose circumstances aren't peaceful. Of course, the angels famously said, glory to God in the highest and peace among those with whom God is well, well pleased. And so the way Luke is structured, it begins with this trumpet blast of peace coming from heaven here in 2.14. And then it's bookended by Jesus after the resurrection, saying to his disciples when he comes among them, peace to you. Right? So, so Christmas, the coming of Christmas, the reason Christmas happened, it's about the giving of peace to those who are haunted by death and now are, are going to be guided, as, as we read, uh, on how to live in light of this peace. And so, I mean, the, the obvious question is, is, are, is your life, are your circumstances, uh, has this last year been peaceful for you? <laughs> Are you at peace? And in light of that, what kind of peace does this does Jesus and his birth provide? So let's let's look at this text through this uh, context. First, that, that peace is proclaimed in a war zone. That's what's happening here in Luke. So let, let's look at a couple images here that are really helpful that that highlight the unwellness of life here. Right. And in Luke 1, 76 through 79, there's this great portrait of right, people dwelling in darkness. We meditated on this last week, uh, that, that the coming of Jesus is like the sun rising on those living in the dark. And as one commentator put it, that, that this portrait of the people in the wilderness in the dark, it's, it's a picture of people who are lost. They have been overtaken by night. They're stranded in utter darkness in a lonely, howling expanse of wilderness. The sky is lowering and there is no starlight. Complete darkness. And since they can't see, they've had to stop and they're just stuck. See, in verse 79, this is a portrait of helplessness and hopelessness. They don't know where to go. Can't see the path. Right. I don't know, have, you, have you ever been lost in the dark like that? Especially out in the wilderness, those of you who like to go camping. And I know there's uh, one of my trips to, to northern Uganda. We were on our way back from the game park when our uh, vehicle broke down on the side of the road. And 
the anxiety level of of those in the group was was rising as the sun went down right because as the sun goes down that's when your imagination goes to all the worst case scenarios right in a land where there are predators who actually hunt you at night right and that was on the side of the road we at least had a path we knew which way to go we just couldn't get there but uh, in in this image in the wilderness right they they don't even have a direction right so they'd be waiting along they'd be waiting in the wilderness unclear you know it's it's this picture of wandering going in circles right if you add the the picture it's not just darkness that's the problem it's it's what happens in the dark it's it's the haunting shadow of death right because night without light right that it's terrifying for sure and we know there's predators at night um but but the predator that luke is talking about is death itself right we're you, humans are stalked uh, the shadow looms over us wherever we go and we often don't see it coming. And so that's why I say peace is proclaimed in a war zone where, where we're surrounded by death, right? We're, we're not in Ukraine or, or in any of these uh, military conflicts that are happening right now on Christmas day. But every human being is haunted by death, right? But if you hear what Luke is saying, when this child is born, Here's what peace is going to feel like. It's going to feel like you've been waiting all night, haunted, terrified, and you're going to up on the horizon. You're going to see the sky lightning. Color is going to be restored. You're going to finally start to feel the warmth of the sun finally shining on your face again. And there's going to be a path of light showing you the direction you should go. Right, that's that's what Luke is saying. Jesus's birth does. Second image to to show us the war zone here. Uh, Luke 2, 1, right? Luke has, does something that the other Gospels don't do, is he he wants you to compare the peace that Jesus gives with the peace in the of with the peace of Rome, with the peace of the country you live in. Right? Because it says this decree goes out from Caesar Augustus uh, while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So here's the historical context. He's giving facts. And and one of the, the great pride of the Roman emperor, empire and the emperor himself was that through military conflict, they've, they've brought into force what was called the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. In other words, it wasn't war all the time, right? And it was the idea is that because Caesar is in charge, <laughs> there's peace, Right. In fact, Caesar Augustus had the audacity to put up a, a, a statue and <laughs> the, on this little, it had an inscription of the new year shall start on my birthday, which was September 23rd. And he said, my birth is glad tidings for the whole world. Peace. Right. But the irony is, right, Rome had relative peace. But all throughout the empire, there were legions of soldiers still fighting to keep the peace. Something like 70 to 80% of the empire lived in just hor horrific poverty. And one, one historian argues that, too, that when you read Jesus going about and, and doing all these great healings, 
right? Healing the sick, uh, helping the lame walk, giving sight to the blind and, and, and hearing to the deaf, raising uh, Jairus' daughter from the dead. You know, if there's really peace, why are there so many sick and dying people under Caesar's rule? And that, that's the question that Luke wants you to think through. What, how can there be real peace when you live among the shadow of death? And in our context, it's not that different. We, we don't have as much poverty. We have poverty, but it's not as uh, ugly as, as Rome. I mean, Rome, their, their life expectancy, the historians estimate, was about 25 because of war, disease, and poverty. No, we have modern medicine. We live much longer. We have Netflix. We have a veritable smorgasbord of entertainment options. We have all kinds of restaurants to choose from. We can travel, right? You can you can pick a spot on the globe, and in general, you can get yourself there. Uh, we can spend all our money trying to get peace through fun and comfort, but you can't escape the shadow, right? Life in this dark world has peaceful moments, for sure. Like this morning, and opening presents with kids, it's all wonderful. But Pete, that kind of peace is temporary. And I came across um, this song by the Eagles. And maybe you guys have heard, or some of you have heard this before. It's a, it's a long road out of Eden, and it's a lament. And they sing, we're weaving down the American highway through the litter and the wreckage and the cultural junk. Bloated with entitlement, loaded on propaganda, now we're driving dazed and drunk. Been down the road to Damascus, the road to Mandalay, met the ghost of Caesar on the Appian Way. He said, it's hard to stop this binging once you get a taste, but the road to empire is a bloody, stupid waste. Behold the bitten apple, the power of the tools, but all the knowledge in the world is of no use to fools. It's a long road out of Eden. See, what, what Luke wants us to see and, and to believe is you can't have real peace on earth while you live in darkness. And so along comes heaven to proclaim a hey, peace is possible into the war zone that is our life here on earth. And it's fascinating, right? First, the angels say, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, like good tidings, the same word that Caesar would, would use. <laughs> and then a whole host of angels burst onto the scene and proclaim the good news. And what's really important to see is when it says uh, a heavenly host, we tend to think, oh, there's just a lot of them, but it's actually military language. It's a, it's a legion, right? It's, it's, it's a host of angels. It's, it's the armies of heaven. This is an invasion of the angelic armies of light proclaiming peace to us, God's peace to us and live here in this dark world. And in fact, the angels are so convinced that God is bringing peace and will give victory over death. That as one of my seminary professors pointed out, the angels are announcing God's victory before he ever begins to fight. Do you see that? Peace. Peace is here now. Don't be afraid. Glory to God in the highest on earth and on earth. Peace 
among those with whom he is well pleased. And so the, the point is, right? This peace comes to us who live in a war zone. Christmas is not for the sentimental. Uh, it's for the realists. But it is possible <laughs> to find peace. And what kind of peace is it? Well, it's peace for those with whom God is pleased with. And so this is a peace that is not dependent on your circumstances and how good or bad your life is. Now, the angels aren't talking about political peace. They can't be, right? Wars are still happening. Just open up the newspaper. In fact, when Jesus says, I'm going to come back, he says, one of the signs of my coming is that there's going to be wars all over the place. And the angels aren't saying, no, when, when Jesus comes into your life, all of your conflicts are going to magically go away relationally, right? Relational breakdowns still happen. In fact, Jesus would say things like in Luke 12, do, you, do not think that I've come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, I've come to bring division. Because in one house, there will be five divided, three against two, two against three. It would be father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And it's Jesus foretold uh, National Lampoon's family Christmas trouble. Uh, and all it's saying is if you give your allegiance to Jesus, it's going to change your relationships. If Jesus is your priority, it's going to be harder to get along with those who don't care about Jesus. No, the idea is that Jesus is saying, the peace I bring is peace with God. It can help with relational peace, but it may in fact bring disruption. Right? That, that's what we looked at last night when we looked at Sima from Iran who looked at her family and said, I choose Jesus. Now, this, this peace is, is what's called a, a spiritual peace. It's a peace with God, and it's, it's a peace that's not dependent on our circumstances. It's, it's as the, the Christmas hymn says, it's peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Uh, are we, we sang this this morning. Um, you who beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the way with painful steps and slow. Look now, for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing, rest beside the weary road, and hear the angels sing. Listen to them to say, peace is possible. And so, it's the question this morning is, do you believe that you have a beef with God? Or if you are a Christian, had one. Right? That, that, that the problem with the world are, is the lack of peace between God and human beings, right? It's, that's, that's, the, that's the image of darkness. If, if we're in the dark, light is absent, and God himself is light, right? And so you think about this. This is the way Paul describes us, is that, that God and sinners are at war. And naturally, apart from this gift of peace, on our end, we don't want to make peace with him. So Romans 5 will say, listen, while we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. 
They'll say, why we were still sinners. There's another language describing us. Christ died for us. And Paul goes on to say, why we were still enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And so you're looking at Luke here. The birth of Jesus is heaven invading earth to bring us peace who were God's enemies so that we might be at peace with God, so that we might be moved from, I hate God, I don't care what he thinks. You might not say, I hate God, but you at least don't think of him at all, which is also a form of hostility to God is pleased with me. That is a 300, I don't know what the degrees are in the math, but that is a radical change. And so, you know, if you think Christianity is, and Christmas is just about uh, the angels saying, God came, you guys better get your act together. All right, I heard this at a local Christmas or a local holiday celebration, right? The season tells us to be better. Uh, do, do more good, be more kind. Right? And even in church, sometimes we can think that, that if, if I work really, really hard, then God will be pleased with me. Right? I got to be good enough. If I, I got to get put put in the work, and God will be proud of me. Now, what Christmas? What Luke is saying is, peace is promised to us in the war zone, and it's a it's a gift. It's for those who are whom God is well pleased. Right, and so if that is what. The angels are saying, who are God's emissaries, God's messengers, right? Think about, think about what that is saying, right? It's Christmas. So I, th I think most of us have already opened presents or you're waiting for me to, to wind this down so you can go home and open more presents, right? But gifts send a message. They, they can tell you what the giver thinks about you if they think anything of you, right? All right, so a couple of years ago, this was pre-pandemic, I think, or maybe it was 2020, I can't remember, but I got my wife uh, a devotional, and it was called Nailed It, 365 Readings for Angry and Worn Out People. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, we're tired. We got lots of kids. We've been really busy. Maybe this will be helpful for us. I read the first part. She read the second part. It's like, what, you think I'm angry? <laughs> So nail that Christmas gift, <laughs> right? But you get the idea. The gift of Christmas is God communicating something to us about what he, he knows we need, which is peace with him. If he says, I need to send my son so that I might be well-pleased with you, he's saying that right now I am not pleased with you unless you believe in him. Right. Now, Christmas is about God in Jesus coming to make sinners holy and blameless to, to bring us into a place of peace with God. And since that blamelessness is Jesus's blamelessness, it's a peace that will never leave you if you have Christ. Right, so, so Pastor Tim Keller points out that the moment you receive this peace from God, you are as beautiful in God's sight as you will be a billion years from now, a trillion years from now. Because if you're blameless, how can you get more blameless? 
So how do you get this peace? You got to be someone with whom God is well pleased. How do you get that? And that's what Christmas is. That's what Luke's going to show us here. Right? In the war zone that is this life, Jesus was born so that we might be a people with whom God is well pleased. And Luke is saying that gift comes through the incarnation, through the, the act of God taking on human flesh. What's really interesting, right? Luke, the way Luke tells the story is you have this massive trumpet blast, if you will, a deafening, thunderous applause from heaven announcing Jesus' birth. And then for the next 30 years, it's quiet, right? We don't hear, the only thing we know about Jesus from birth till adulthood is that, that story about him going to the temple. Now, the, the next time you hear anything from heaven about Jesus, it's not until Luke 3.22 at Jesus' baptism, right? When Jesus stands up as a blameless human being and he goes down into the waters of judgment and God the Father, right, a voice from heaven speaks and says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Do you, hear the, do you hear the repeat of the language? Peace is for those with whom God is well pleased, but who is God well pleased with? It's, it's his beloved son, Jesus. Now, for the, for the first time since Eden, God is pleased with a human being, his beloved son. And so according to Luke, according to the scriptures, the only way to have peace on earth, the only way to be a person with whom God is well pleased is you have to be in relationship with the person that God is pleased with, Jesus. And that's the purpose of the incarnation, is that Jesus lived a blameless life, a pleasing life to God, loving God perfectly, loving his neighbor perfectly, never losing his temper, never suffering and letting out curse words, getting angry at God for, for the audacity to let him suffer. No, he is, he is God, fully God, fully man, who's accomplishing the perfect life, the blamelessness, the well-pleasing life we can never achieve on our own. Right? So that we might be God and sinners reconciled. And the, the astonishing announcement of Christmas is he, this human being is also divine, right? So, so Lucy Shaw, the poet, looks at baby Jesus and says, quiet he lays, quiet he lies, whose vigor, whose strength hurled a universe, he sleeps whose eyelids have never closed before. I was telling you that, that Jesus is this immaterial divine being who became material, the infinite who became finite, the omnip omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God taking up an address in this life, in this world to bring peace so that you might be a person that God is pleased with. And he did so by coming down into the darkness with us to live 33 years knowing what it's like to be chased by the shadow of death, to go to funerals, to grieve the loss of a friend, 
And then he volunteered in love to go to the cross because he hates death, because he hates the darkness. And he chose to die the death we deserve on that cross to bear our curse. And for him, it was the first relational break he's ever had in eternity as he takes our curse, when, God, when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is experiencing the ultimate lack of peace so that we could be a people that God is well pleased with. And so when he, God raises him from the dead on the third day and, that, and, and he appears to all these witnesses, that's at the end of Luke in chapter 24, one of the amazing things Luke says to his disciple, or Jesus says to his disciples, it's the very first thing he says, peace to you. Right? And so it's more than just hi, shalom. It's a declaration that now Luke 2.14 has come true. Jesus's brothers are now a people with whom God is well pleased. It's good news of great joy. And that peace can be yours, according to the scriptures, by faith. By faith in, in the story, by faith in Jesus Christ himself, trusting his, his blamelessness for, in the place of your sin. And what will happen is we'll still live in this physical war zone, but because you have peace with God, you now are being guided to walk in the path of peace. You get to follow Christ. Right, following in Jesus' footsteps. You now have a peace with God that will equip you to make peace with others, to forgive as we've been forgiven. Uh, we, we now have hope in the midst of suffering that though our circumstances are painful, we are on the path of peace and that path is going somewhere. <laughs> because Christ, the resurrection, the new heavens and new earth. Now the, the gift of Christmas that we get to meditate on is the wonder that God became human so that you might be a person that God is well pleased with. And the only way to get that is in relationship with the one with whom God is pleased, Jesus Christ. So if the angels shouted peace triumphantly before Christ's victory, how much more confidence should we have on the, the other side of the empty tomb now that it is accomplished? I'll leave you with Paul. Therefore, since we have been justified, made right with God by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace by which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That is something worth going home, praising God as the shepherds did, and giving him glory for the great things he has done. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this gift of Jesus doing what we could not accomplish and giving us peace with you. And I pray that as our hearts are melted by the reality that you're not angry at those who are in Christ, but we are, you are pleased with us, uh, Lord, that, that the light of Christ's presence with us would shine brightly as we get to tell others the story and tell them that it is true, uh, that you can find hope, you can find light. You can even find comfort in the shadow of death because you are with us. And because you are with us, we shall fear no evil. And we can trust that surely your goodness and mercy will 
follow us wherever we go all the days of our lives until we see you face to face in your house in the new heavens and new earth. So hold us until that day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.